okay. I see where you're going with that. Okay. So this might be his introduction to the movie. I think it's going to be a black guy, right? Wait, what? The 2OC. The show that covers the things we love from two parts of the world. Orange County, California and Orange County, Florida. This episode of the TLC, we talk about giant robots, for real this time. Marvel is so good, we went back for seconds. And Anton tries to get rid of his nerd boner after two weeks of non-stop movie trailers and geek news. I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. Alright, Anton, where is your nerd boner you want to start it this week? Dude, it's, it's insane. I don't even know where to start, but the biggest thing that happened this week was the Ready Player One trailer that is and everybody's been waiting for this trailer and it really hit people in the face really hard <laughs> like a big old punch in the face yeah it's a whole punch in the face because not a lot of people were expecting to see a trailer this good you know like i can't even believe that you haven't seen this trailer until before this episode well and that's because i heard i, I didn't know there was a trailer until today and i'm kind of happy i waited until i got home because it there are so many Easter eggs and details in this trailer. I'm glad I got to see it on my laptop. Yeah, see, that's the same thing for me. Like, I was at a water park all day, so I didn't get a chance to see it at all. And I just wanted to rush home just to watch the trailer. And, dude, I got a little teary-eyed. <laughs> Too much awesomeness? Yeah, it's, it's so much stuff in there. It, it's crazy because all of these different uh, things are in the book that you thought weren't going to be able to be in the movie because dude there's so much details there's so much pop culture there's a little bit of everything in this crazy trailer there are so So, there are so many expensive franchises in this trailer yeah how are they able to get you know all the licenses for this movie it's it's ridiculous so you just saw the trailer what do you think of it so far it's taking me back to the 90s like 90s and then early 80s references it's just so much taken in um, this is what Speed Racer should have been. Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's so weird because I thought that, you know, Speed Racer has that really cool color, but it, it just didn't really work because it, there was so much stuff going on. It was too fake. That was the issue. And the thing with Ready Player One trailer is in the race that they show in the trailer, even though the cars are doing flips, they're like jumping off ramps, it looks like a Hot Wheels track. They still, it, so cool. it still looks real, or at least real enough. Yeah, yeah, and we know that it's it's a virtual reality world, so there's a lot of stuff that's you know that 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 is is okay if it's not real because we know that it's in a virtual reality world, and you know comparing it to uh, Speed Racer, we know that they were trying to implement the two with CGI and real life action, mm-hmm. and it, it you know sometimes when you do that together. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, and in this case, it looks like a, a good Speed Racer movie that should have been like this. But anyways, because of this movie being in the virtual reality world and also uh, the real world, 40% of this movie is in the real world, and 60% of this movie is in the virtual reality world, which is something that I'm really excited about. We get to see more of the world on the outside of the virtual reality and as well as 60% of the virtual reality, which the book covers which, most okay. of that stuff in there. And then the other, the other movies similar to that, where you, you're partly in the virtual reality and partly in the real world, would be The Matrix. But the, Yeah, The Matrix is pretty much the closest uh, that you can compare to. Right, but, this but The Matrix, when they filmed it, they, they made the cinematic, dis- or the, the art decision to make the real world feel one way and the matrix itself feel a different way that's if you're watching a movie when they're in the matrix there's like a slight green tint to everything for yeah which is kind of cool i kind of like that yeah i like it but at the same time with ready player one part of it part of the oasis which is the virtual reality world that the main character is in part of it that makes it fun is that it's supposed to replace real life so it's mm-hmm. it's nice that you can't distinguish between one or the other besides 
just the outlandish things that happen inside the virtual reality. Yeah, I know where you would be at. You'd probably be at one of those planets where it's just all women. That How dare you? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, uh, leisure, I guess. Okay, no, time out, time out. So if, if you could create your own planet in, o- in Oasis, what would the theme be? Uh, sushi. I would eat sushi all day. Would it be like an island, like one island in a world of world of water? Uh, okay, my, mine would be an island, like, kind of like the Bahamas, you know, nice beach and everything. And then there'd be like the world's best sushi chef there. I mean, I, I know that, you know, you can't really taste anything, but, you know, it's just an experience. So Hito would be there behind the bar making you sushi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. For me personally, I mean, I, I think automatically you would assume I would make like some sort of beer beer planet. But I'm pretty sure I wouldn't get to enjoy hmm. the beer, so I'm going to have to say uh, first-person shooter world. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Didn't mean to derail. Anyways, this trailer at the very beginning feels like the actual book where he was uh, living at, which is the stacks that we were talking about last week on the episode. And that scene looks exactly like the, the cover of the book. Which shows you that Steven Spielberg took this this property very seriously like he 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 works closely with Ernest Klein side by side to get his vision accurately on the on the big screen yeah and I'm happy that they did that I know that they changed a lot of things just to make it look better on on the screen Mm -hmm. but you know I I guess they have to do it that way and they also had Ernest Klein on set writing with uh, Zach Penn who wrote a lot of movies that we're familiar with. Well, and to and to be fair, the pacing of the movie seems to be a lot faster than the pacing that it was in the book. In the book, it seemed to be more um slow paced. Like you're reaching a checkpoint and he's kind of exploring, he's thinking it out. I hope this movie's going to be 3 hours long and that there's no cliffhangers. Oh, there better not be cliffhangers, dude. Because there, there's no sequel to the book. There shouldn't be a sequel to the movie. There is going to be a sequel to a book. What? Yes, there is. Uh, Zach Penn, who is also um, the screenwriter for the movie that worked closely with Ernst Klein, uh, in 2015, I think in June or something like that, uh, when they were uh, writing the, the script for the movie, he confirmed that Ernest Klein is working on the sequel to the book. Ooh, so we might have an Oasis trilogy. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. I'm you take my money now. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the geek world. Uh much like how fa- like fans of uh fantasy movies took on to Harry Potter and the Lord of the Ring movies. For computer geeks, this is our our franchise. This is in all of our franchises in one movie. That's true. Cause it's insane. That's true, because even if you're not a computer geek, just all the references and Easter eggs that they throw in here gives you a, a taste of like some good old-fashioned nostalgia. Yeah, and, and are you not surprised that you know they didn't find someone younger instead of uh, Steven Spielberg? No, and, uh, and that's because he's he's done books before. Like he's He's brought books to life before, and he's done it well. He did Jurassic Park, and even though he didn't follow the book exactly to like to the to the letter, actually he changed a lot. But he kept the feeling and the the spirit of the book the same. Yeah, and I think that's what makes his film so good is that uh, there are things that you have to compromise, and there are things that you have to turn and twist just to make the film better. Uh, it's just a better way of uh, storytelling that you have to do. Uh, and by the way. Reading, reading the novel for Jurassic Park, uh, I, Jeff Goldblum's uh, character, uh, Dr. Malcolm, I still his voice in my head was still Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> like, Jeff Goldblum <laughs> nailed like, that character, dude. Like, just the way he talks or whatever, I'm like, okay, this is why they picked him. I get it. I, I always picture Jeff Goldblum in every single movie. Cause, he's the same guy. Like, he's the same guy. Yeah, he's always <laughs> the same guy. And he's. I feel like he's that Lando character. That just like is always there in all all the different types of movies. He 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 tries to put his charm on on everything. Well, it's pretty much a uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, that's <laughs> like true. Kevin Hart is the same character in every book, every every book, every movie. So Jeff Goldblum and some actors are that, are like are that way. 
and the yeah. ones the ones that own it are the ones that are that stay popular. All right, so back to Ready Player One. Sorry. <laughs> you saw the trailer. Let's take a look at some of the the th- deep dives of what's in it, because there's so much stuff in there. Easter eggs. Uh, so, yeah. So looking at the first picture that we see here, we see him going into a party, which is in the book. I think Halliday's birthday party or something like that. Mm-hmm. And two of the people that we're really familiar with that we see coming down the hall is Deathstroke and Harley Quinn. Okay, and to be fair, you can't really make them out too well, but have you seen uh well, have you seen Arrow and have you seen um, Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. That's a, that's their costume. You so, can totally yeah. tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second image that we see here is people dancing in the middle of the air. Oh yeah. I see an old man looks like Gandalf getting down on the dance floor. That's Albus Dumbledore from Harry Potter. I was close. It was a wizard. Yeah, and he was actually mentioned in the book too. Yeah. Holiday, the creator of the Oasis in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's his costume. Oh, that's right. I forgot that. That's yeah, he, he that, that's his avatar. Yeah, he liked that image of like kind of a a wise 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 father figure kind of thing. Yeah, and I remember in the book, he's the DJ. So you see, like, uh, Dumbledore spinning records and dancing. DJ Dumbledore? But I don't know if they're going to do that in this. I, I think it's just dancing. And then in this next image, you're going to see something very familiar. Probably related to our childhood. Uh, some of the games that we played, like Pac-Man, Galaga. And this game is Joust. Joust. Good old-fashioned. Which, I, to be fair, I hated this game, dude. In the arcade version. It's really hard game. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, because the first time I played it, I was still too little. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I, yeah. I really didn't understand the the, the situation. Yeah, we, we just went back to our Pac-Man machines. It, no, Pac-Man and... Uh, what's it called? Uh, Frogger. Frogger. Yeah, Frogger. <laughs> that was a classic. Mm-hmm. So in this next image, we see a lot of familiar faces in this one. Uh, we see H, the supporting character, which is Percival's friend. And we see him shooting a couple of people. Yeah. So in the scene, I see Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And I believe Duke Nukem. Yep. He likes to chew bubblegum. Well, we can't really see the bubblegum in that scene. But in the trailer, you can see him as he spins around. Yeah. And tell me you noticed that gun. I believe that is the AR rifle from Halo. That is... The actual gun. I, I I can't believe that's actually in the trailer or in the actual movie itself. And he's holding it the way a Spartan would, with like one-handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's really funny. Do you think it's even free? Did they just like, okay, yeah, sure, just put it in the movie? I I doubt it. Um, I'm sure some of these they were done as either favors, say the Atari, the stuff like that, and some of them were maybe product placement. Because mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that there's some of these, not just references, but like Easter eggs that maybe weren't in the book, but certain companies wanted to jump on board. I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, is going to surprise us that it's not in the book. Yeah. And and that goes back to what I was saying earlier, that I think it's uh, the movie's even more, more fast paced than the book was. Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, this next image that we see here is motorcycle that you've probably seen everywhere in anime stores and uh, just bookstores in general i could recognize that from the freaking cover the, the poster of the cover of the anime. yeah it's the motorcycle in uh the movie anime akira which is one of the classics of anime which i own a copy myself on dvd and i owned this when i was like 11 years old and i thought this was a really really mature film I mean, I, I watched this uh, when I was a kid. I thought it was just uh, an anime, a cartoon. It seems that it has, like, nudity and stuff in there, too. A lot of blood and gore. Well, and, and the, uh, when you were watching that, that anime, I was probably at home watching Robotech, which has the same level of, uh, maybe a kid shouldn't be watching this because of the nudity yeah. and the violence. There's a lot of violence in that movie. I mean, show. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a show. Yeah. Oh, there's one thing that I didn't uh, take a screenshot of that uh, I forgot to talk about is the Iron Giant is in this movie. How crazy is that? Oh yeah, I saw the. I mean, he was in the very like not very beginning, but early in the trailer, you see the just the Iron Giant, but in like the iconic uh, movie cover, like that. Yeah, that's and it. I'm a big fa- yeah, I'm a big fan of the Iron Giant. 
I love the movie. It is so good. I, I, I wish anybody who hasn't seen it, please watch it. It is so good. And it is, it is voiced. The Iron Giant is voiced by our one of our favorite actors of this time. Well, I don't know uh, if he's like your favorite. No. But uh, Vin <laughs> Diesel. <laughs> no, I... I Vin Diesel has been in a lot of properties. Uh, I, I admit at the beginning he was kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of faded out just because you can kind of tell he's a bit of a bit of a diva. Yeah, he's he's shown age too. That too. Um, no, but anyways, that no. I'm really excited. That's in the movie. That it's insane again that they're adding more property to this movie. Well, I was gonna say about the Iron Giant is that. Uh, it's one of those movies that was not popular when it was in theaters, but just like five or 10 years after it was in theaters, all of a sudden it started getting like fan fandom. Behind. Yeah. And I didn't even watch it in the movie theaters. I ended up watching it a couple years later um, on television and I fell in love with it. I was like, Oh my God, how come I missed this? This is so good. I still haven't seen it. And I think it's on Netflix actually. And let me just quickly go through some of the Easter eggs that we, we didn't have a screenshot of, but I just wanted to mention really quickly. Uh, the DeLorean does make an appearance, and that's what that that is his car in the book, and you see it in multiple shots of the trailer. There's one of him doing like a, a drift around like a fountain, and you see it in the race being flipped around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is you do see Laura Croft and Dizzy from of Gears of War talking before the race by one of the cars. You see the Mad Max car in there. You see the the van from eighteen, mm-hmm. and and if you look closely during one of the crash scenes in the trailer, you'll see one of the cars on the hood has a barcode, well, a QR code. Yeah, and I I think I scanned that. Yeah, and it takes you to this, it takes you to this page for the bad guy website, the the villain of the of the movie, the company called IOI which I believe it's it stands for Innovative Online Industries. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah, and they're trying to uh, recruit people to join their company to basically look for the Easter eggs. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to take ownership of the company that the creator of the, of the Oasis so then they can monetize the the whole entire operating system. Which, and in the book, IOI takes two approaches. One... They just have an insane amount of manpower behind them. Uh, think like those uh, Korean farmers for, for video games. It's a lot of people doing small things to achieve a bigger goal. Yeah, they're basically searching all of the planets inside the Oasis. Every single inch. Yeah, they're trying to figure out the references from the creator's right. biography, all of the worlds, every single planet. And they're trying to find this key, or there's three keys right. in total. So they they are the posers of, of the geek world. Yeah, because the the Easter eggs are only meant to be found by those that actually know the source, but the the eighties references. Yeah, and, and like understand the properties and stuff like that. So that's and it takes I, years. I, no, nobody really figured it out. Not even the first key. And that's what this movie is basically about. And I mean, while you're going through this adventure of action, you're also going through like a a trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. Lots of it. And also, yeah. uh, you're familiar with John Williams, who scored a lot of the movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and a bunch of other epic movies. Oh, yeah. You, you see his name attached to so many freaking blockbusters. Yeah. And it is insane how I was excited that he was going to score this movie but however he's working on too many projects right now because he's got star wars he's also got another steven spielberg movie called the papers so he's stepping away so instead we got alan silvestri who is the new person coming in to fulfill this uh this film score and we're familiar with his music from back to the future avengers captain america Mm-hmm. And I think it really fits that he's scoring this movie because he did Back to the Future, which gets referenced a lot in this movie. And Yeah, it does. And I think Ernie, which is Ernest Klein, 
the the writer and screenplay of this movie and book. Your buddy, your buddy Ernie. My my buddy Ernie, my boy. Your homie. Yeah, shout out. (laughs) Yeah, and I think he's geeking out because this is the guy that scored one of his favorite movies of all time, which is Back to the Future. And Ernie also owns a DeLorean himself, so big, big geek out to know that this guy's scoring his movie. So oh, we we got some other stuff uh, we need to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked out our talked our listeners up on Ready Player One, but I think that just shows the excitement we have behind it. Mm-hmm. But there is another movie I'm more excited about, mostly because it caught me by surprise. Uh, there's going to be a sequel to Pacific Rim. Oh man, that trailer looks so this, good. I know, dude. And I think this was announced what the first first night of Comic Con. Yeah, it was a Thursday. Yeah, the Thursday night they released a trailer for it, and it's it doesn't show much. It's more of a teaser. So for those that have not seen Pacific Rim, the whole story literally this is it. Uh, aliens started coming out of a hole in the bottom of the ocean. Uh, these aliens were giant monsters known as kaiju. Kaiju. Uh, you can reference kaiju as Godzilla and Mothra. God. Yes, pretty much gi- any giant, uh, giant monster giant in Japanese, Japanese culture, yep. <laughs> yep, is a kaiju, and that was that was their catch-all term for. Is it monster or demon? What, what would it be in Japan? Uh, I think it's uh, no, it's not demons. It, it's monsters. It's monster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the so the the humans use the armies to fight the kaiju. But every time another kaiju came through, it was stronger and stronger. So the humans started doing, uh, started building the Jaeger program, and the Jaeger program was to build giant human-like robots with a human as the pilot. And as the generations went on, the robots got more complex. They went from one pilot to two pilots. Then they started having like uh, nuclear power cores to fight the fight the kaiju kind of like hand, hand-to-hand combat yeah so basically it's kind of like uh watching an episode of gundam yeah exactly which is a a, a an awesome anime that we uh grew up with and also something that we're familiar with would be transformers but instead of fighting robots and robots it's robots fighting monsters yeah and i and i really think this is where we're going this is going to be the new fad in in cinema, mm-hmm. at least for the next couple couple years, because you have Godzilla. Godzilla just came out. King Kong that came out, and you're gonna be seeing a King Kong Godzilla movie. Yep, I think that's uh, gonna be awesome. Yeah, uh, if you're looking at the trailer for, well, I'll just kind of touch on it now. If you look at the trailer for Godzilla's King Kong, they reference different monsters in the timeline. Oh yeah, there's. Uh, I, I guess WB Warner Brothers is trying to do an ultimate monster yeah. universe movie, uh, giant monsters. Yeah. So combine that with, you know, uh, Pacific Rim with giant robots fighting giant monsters. I think giant monsters is gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be the new fad. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, Cloverfield gets to. Be part of something, uh, dude. Freaking That'd be really cool. JJ, JJ and our and our boy Dan Trachtenberg. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. So back to Pacific Rim. Uh, this movie takes place uh, ten years after the Kaiju War is over, mm-hmm. and the during during the first Pacific Rim, uh, the Jaeger program was thought to be a failure, so they started taking. They started defunding the program, taking it apart, until one of the Jaegers finally won the war. So now, ten years later, they saw the value of having the Jaegers, so they started putting more money into it. And now, ten years later, the Jaeger program looks almost like uh, it, I, I don't know how to describe it. it. It almost looks like a like a like a fighting uh, fighting league of giant robots. Yeah, it looks like a, a um, kind of like one of those ads for like to join the Marines. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> but instead, the, you're 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 joining to control robots. 
Yeah, exactly. And in the, in the first one, like I said before, it the Jaeger program was being defunded, so a lot of the robots were falling apart. Uh, some of the some of the robots were just being put together with spare parts from other robots that were destroyed. Now the Jaeger program has so much money. All the robots look nice and shiny, brand new. And, and I'm kind of curious too if they're gonna have the the dual suits. I mean, the, the you know the dual thing where they have two people controlling the suits, because in the teaser right here we only see John Boyega um, playing. I don't know what the name of the character is, but you only see him, and you don't see a, another person there with him. You mean Finn? Yeah, F N. Uh, Four, five. I forgot the number. I don't know either. <laughs> that was that was one of the trivia questions I had about work, and I totally failed that one. Oh gosh, I'm supposed yeah, to know that I mean, one. The, <laughs> yeah, you're a Disney and Star Wars fan, dude. You failed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So I'm excited about this one. Like I said, this trailer really doesn't show much other than confirming there is going to be a sequel to Pacific Rim. Yeah, which you're uh, excited about. Paci- Pacific Rim Uprising. Yep. What is a Jaeger? A Jaeger is the pinnacle of human invention. When the monsters came, we did not wait for heroes to fall from the sky and save us. We saved ourselves. Innovation is our superpower. What is a Jaeger? It's you, times a thousand. Tall as a mountain, with a beating heart that burns as bright as the sun. Enabling us all to become the most heroic version of ourselves. Join the Jaeger Uprising. One thing that I, I I didn't touch on, but the movie got hated on so much because the people were saying that, oh, it had no story. But if you went into the movie... It's actually a lot of stuff that, that is in the movie that if you really thought about it, there's quite a lot to think about. And there's well, your story. The thing, well, the thing is, it, yeah, exactly. They reference stuff, but they don't hang up on it. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't spend you know minutes of the movie trying to explain it to you. They reference it and they just move on, because this that movie was supposed to be, just you know, uh, humanity's last fight to save themselves. So it was more action, fighting giant robots, introducing the Jaegers, and the trailer for the sequel kind of encompasses that at the beginning where it says, uh, humanity was was dying. They needed a hero. But instead of waiting for some, for a hero or a savior to come from the sky, we built our own. And that hero is us. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, like, holy crap, I'm inspired. Sign me up. I'll take a Jaeger. <laughs> so since we're already on the topic of John Boyega, I got a chance to see Detroit early screening. And we know that the, the movie... Yep, in the hood... So that movie comes out tomorrow, which is, um, let me see the date here, July 28th. It comes out tomorrow. And (laughs) (laughs) I got a chance to see, I really like the movie. I am a big fan of Catherine Bigelow. We've seen her, uh, a lot of her films, we've seen a lot of her films in the past, which uh, she made uh, Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, and something that really hits me is she was the director of Point Break. Remember that movie? Wait, which one? The first one or the... The first one. Oh, wait, hold on. She is the ex-wife of... Um, James Cameron. James Cameron. There you go. Yeah. Captain Expl- Captain Explosion. <laughs> oh, I guess. But anyways, yes, I love her movies. I don't think she's ever made a, a bad movie. And I think Detroit is a very good movie for her to present to people because it is such a big time period 
that everybody should watch. I think this is a movie that talks about, you know, racial discrimination. And I think it does very well because when you watch the movie, you're at the edge of your seat and you feel like, wow, this stuff actually happened. And you feel bad for the characters and you you don't want any of them to have any problems at all. But all this stuff is true. Well, this is based on the true story. I mean, they're going to dramatize a couple of things, but, you know, this is actual stuff that happened and it feels realistic and if you're very emotional about this uh, this movie. And I think that's what she does very well in Zero, Zero Dark Thirty, where they kill where they kill Osama bin Laden and then Hurt Locker where this guy who who disarms a bomb and you have a lot of like emotions for these characters and and, and you care about them. And I think that's what uh, Detroit is all about. I I I think it's a very very good movie. Oh, and and you know what? I misspoke earlier when I said Captain Explosion. I was thinking of uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. <laughs> wrong major. Yeah, wrong major director. Well, James Cameron does have big explosions, like nah, but he actually has stories to go with them, though. Yeah, like Terminator. I mean, Ter- yeah, Terminator, Avatar, uh, Dark Angel. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my my bad. So I apologize, James Cameron. Yeah. So other than that, I don't want to spoil too much. I mean, a lot of people are probably familiar with the stories from from this movie, but. I say this is a a great movie to to watch. Like you, you would feel like you were actually there during that time in 1967. The the actors are great in this movie, and music is very very good in this movie. Well, and I think you're actually talking it up because that's your movie in the summer movie draft. Yeah, I'm I'm trying not to be so biased, <laughs> but it's a great film. It's a great film. I was just thinking about it right now. Like, wait, who owns that one? Oh, Anton owns that one. Yeah. Don't watch it. Go with Stark Tower. Does that come out uh, next week or something? Uh, I think first week of August. Okay. Oh, that would be next week. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like an awesome movie. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, there's a couple more trailers during Comic-Con for Dark Tower, which I don't understand why that's... Uh, other than marketing, I, that, I don't think that would get a lot of buzz at Comic-Con because it's so... Oh it's right! So, oh right! Oh right! Well, besides that, <laughs> no, but like it's so like soon that I don't think anybody's gonna be excited. People will go to Comic Con for to see what's coming up the next year mm-hmm. or later that year. So let's talk a little bit about Justice League trailer because you, you you weren't too happy with uh, a couple of things in the last trailer, which is uh, how Cyborg looks, and um, mm-hmm. you know we weren't able to tell a whole lot from the previous trailer. But what do you think about this trailer so far on this new one? Okay, first of all, I think it's dumb that they're trying to tease that Superman's not going to be in it. He's in it. He's in it because he's in all the freaking posters. Uh, There's that one scene where Alfred is like, oh, you made it in time. Or Bruce was scared that you weren't going to make it in time, but you're here. Yeah. And now, and, and we're getting up hope. (laughs) <laughs> it's, I was like, "Oh my god, it's it's him! Come on, yeah. like it's just show you him. Have, you can't really, it, yeah, it's not going to be a surprise. Yeah. You can't have a Justice League movie without Superman, especially since uh, what's his name, Cavill, Henry Cavill, Cavill. I don't think Cavill. Cavill has, I think, like two more movies in him, like contract wise. I didn't know he has movie inside him. Yeah, it's inside of all of us. Okay. Um, I don't know that the cyborg's costume still seemed a little. No, odd, I, I think it, they polished it up since the last trailer. I think you need to watch it again. I think it, it it looks a lot more better than the previous one. The rendering looks a lot better. Okay, well, how about I've gotten used to CW's The Flash's costume. What do you think of the Flash costume? I, I thought it's a little too bulky and it, it doesn't really fit the character that well. I think he should wear spandex. I don't know. I think it should be well, more like a, a Spider-Man suit, you know? I agree. And I I think the I know they're trying to make it seem more like armor, more more protection, but it's the Flash. I think his his defense is speed. 
and I think that armor will just slow him down. Well, it does have like little sharp edges and stuff. Probably it has a light. It has a lightning mark. That's what makes it go fast. <laughs> Plus five agility. Okay. Well, there is something I want to talk like touch base on. Some of the early posters for Justice League said kept referencing number seven, but so far, I think they have. Let me see here. Uh, Wonder Woman, One. Batman, Superman, mm-hmm. The Flash, mm-hmm. Oh Cyborg, mm-hmm. and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. So who do you think? Th- do you think they're going to keep that that number seven slot open? I don't know. I have a feeling it's either Nightwing or Robin or something. I have well, no idea. Nightwing was never. I don't think he was ever part of the actual Justice League. No. I think he was part of the uh, Teen Titans. That's true. Um, and I think that our buddy Josiah from the Comic Syndicate would best answer that question. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of rumors have going around that maybe this would be the intro to the 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 Green Lantern. Ah, okay. I see where you're going with that. Okay. So this might be his introduction to the movie. I think it's going to be a black guy, right? Wait, what? I think it's going to be a black guy playing uh, Green Lantern this time around. So there's been different... Uh, different Green Lanterns over the years, uh, Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner, and John Stewart. The uh, my, John Stewart, John Stewart, John Stewart, J O H N. Oh, okay, not J O N. Okay. <laughs> so my my feeling is, and I and to be, and to reference the old Green Lantern movie, such a bad movie. Can't believe that movie's ever been made. Yeah, no, we. That's the only time I'll ever mention that movie again. Uh, Ryan Re- Ryan Reynolds movie uh movie character was Hal Jordan. That's who he was playing. So my theory is that they were going to introduce either Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner as an existing uh existing Green Lantern in this universe already, and then for the actual Green Lantern movie, they might do the transition from one Green Lantern to say John Stewart, the Black Green Lantern. Interesting. I think that's really cool. That, that that's how it should be. And then that would be, well, because then that would be a good way to do his origin story, while still having a Green Lantern in the Justice League. Mm, that's true. I think that's the best way to do it, and also it gives them time to settle into what they want as Green Lantern. Because I think uh, you know, for a while, the last movie was so bad. Well, yeah, and that I believe the Green Lantern movie was announced for the year twenty twenty. Three and a half more years. Two and a half more years. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have low expectations for it right now, so hopefully that could probably make the movie, you know, a better experience. Yeah, say that to a girl. See what happens, dude. <laughs> it's okay. I have low expectations of you, so you're fine. The bar is really low for you right now. Yeah. So reshoots are happening soon for Justice League. And it is announced that it would cost him $25 million for this reshoot. Worth it. Just take it out of Batman's paycheck. <laughs> and I Charge it to Wayne Manor. I know. And I think it is fine. Because I, I for Joss Whedon to come in and spend some money to make it better, I think that's that's a good thing. Not just that, but they have to think about this not just as oh, we're spending this much money on one movie. No, you're spending this much money to set up the future of your franchise. Yeah, and I'm happy with a lot of companies now that are doing all these reshoots and they're mm-hmm. very strict on their their, their IPs. And that's, yeah. that's a good thing because you want the movie to be good. You want the movie to do well once it's done being in, in the movie theaters. They want that, True. you know, online movie sales... DVD sales, Blu-ray sales. Well, not even that, but like you also want the the licensing like money. So like Mar- with Marvel with their success, they're freaking licensing their their logo, their characters to diff- like you know third-party app developers. Mm-hmm. So they're making money. Their money is making money. <laughs> but back back to DC though, like I'm gonna be really real right now. Gonna keep it real. Gonna keep it 100. For real, this. I'm a Superman fan. Uh, Man of Steel, I was excited for. I liked it, but it was not a great movie. 
I liked it. Batman versus Yeah, I was like, I liked it, but it wasn't a great movie. Mm-hmm. I I'll like I'll be honest about it, like I don't think it was a great movie, but I I'd watch it again. Uh Batman versus Superman. That one did worse than Man of Steel in my opinion. Yeah, I think Wonder Woman was pretty much their redemption. Right. So, you know, uh Man of Steel was the franchise falling in the water. Batman versus Superman was um kind of start drowning and then wonder woman gave him this hope to keep the franchise alive so i to be honest i don't think justice league is gonna be amazing but it's dc's chance to keep the franchise going and to set up for better movies in the future yeah and i just want to correct uh a couple of articles and speculations that we were talking about last week but ben affleck says that he's still in for the next couple of movies for the role Batman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I forgot. No, it's uh, yeah. He was pissed off. I I saw that. I saw that interview. Uh, he was saying that no, somebody misinterpreted. He did say that he stepped down from being a director, but he never said he wanted to not be Batman. He feels honored to be Batman, and and he said like it. it all the rumors were based on people misinterpreting him stepping down as him not wanting to be not wanting to be part of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, that this is this is Ben Affleck's chance to redeem himself as a superhero character. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't want another Daredevil. Yeah, he doesn't want another Daredevil, dude. He's like, no, 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 because you know why? If he feels that like Batman, that means it's him. It's not the character or the directors. It's him. So he's basically trying to redeem himself for being a bad superhero he's he's trying to prove that it's that he can play a superhero Mm -hmm. because i mean it might be bad luck but at a certain point it's you bro yeah (laughs) hey since we're already on the topic of superhero movies what do you think about uh thor ragnarok uh well their trailer just dropped yeah their trailer just dropped uh one weird thing that i was not expecting uh hulk talks now oh yeah I, I guess he got over the 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 whole angry thing and also tried to, you know, take more control of it. Well, okay, so I've been hearing different views on the trailer and the story behind, like, what's happened since then. Apparently Thor, or in Thor, apparently Hulk has been the Hulk since the end of Age of Ultron. He has not turned back to Bruce. Hmm, I think he's been trying to do that. Just so then he can, you know, control that side of him better. Probably. But then that would explain why the Hulk has all of a sudden learned to talk. It's because he had to learn. He is, you know, he is responsible for himself now. Yeah, because the previous movies, he never really wanted to turn into the Hulk because he know that, you know, bad stuff would happen. But I guess Mm -hmm. he has to overcome that in order to control himself. True. And uh, this is, I'm in here that this is where the guardians are going to be introduced in thor no there's a scene yeah there's a scene where thor is chained up over a lava pit and he turns and it's like to look at somebody as he's being rescued there's a lot of speculation that the people that rescue him are the no, guardians no, it's and not. that's how the guardians get bro- i can confirm not? that right now how can you confirm that how do you I already know, saw sir? the uh teaser leaked trailer for the new avengers movie you shut your mouth. I spoiled myself. Uh, well, you know what? Okay, the the te- the leaked teaser trailer it has been posted on YouTube repeatedly. It's being taken down really quickly, but if you really tried, you'd probably be able to catch it one day. Did Did you watch that leaked trailer? No. I really. I can okay. wait. I honestly don't understand why people can't wait. Yeah. I I I want to experience it the way Marvel wants to, and that's that they don't want to overshadow black panther and thor's yeah i I really wanted to see it because i read so many things about it during the d23 panel so that's why i was like oh okay i want to see what they were watching a lot of people you know had great reactions to it so i want to i want to have that feeling too (laughs) i can wait and because look and then these are the same people that are going to complain saying oh my god infinity wars is taking so damn long I saw the trailer eight months ago. Why isn't it here yet? Well, because you weren't supposed to see it for four months before the movie came out. So anyways, I'm just going to 
tell you one bit just to confirm it. So Thor is okay. floating in the middle of space. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the one. That's the scene. Sorry. And then uh, he gets uh, hit against the windshield of the Milano. Oh, yes. <laughs> he was on the windshield of the Milano. And then you hear Raccoon, Rocket Raccoon saying, oh, my God, what is that? Wipe it off. Wipe it off. That thing's gross. And then it's Thor. So they bring him in. And that's 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 basically what it was. But you know what? That that makes sense that Thor would be the one that, to meet the Guardians. And it matches the tone of Ragnarok. Ragnarok has is more of a like lighthearted, even though it has a lot of action, it's lighthearted and comedic. Yeah. Uh, so it, it matches the Guardians, kind of their, their theme. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting because from what Chris Hemsworth... Uh, Hemsworth said about the Ragnarok, Ragnarok movie is that there was Ragnarok. <laughs> Ragnarok movie is that they improvised a lot of their lines in this movie a lot really? yeah which huh. is a, a, a little different for a Marvel movie because I, I think that's what they tried to do with um, the Han Solo movie but I guess that didn't work out well okay so uh, I don't I'm not too familiar with Mark Ruffalo's previous movies, but Hemsworth, uh, the guy who plays Loki, they they can all they can all hold their ground when it comes to being you know make up the, making up their own lines or coming up with their own jokes on the spot. Yeah, they seem really quick witted. They seem you know quick on their feet. So I I I have hope. I I I think they could handle ad libbing their own lines. Um, I think. That covers the major news this week. All right, so the Infinity War poster. All right, so let me go through it real quick. So on the Infinity War, uh, War poster, on the left, we got Teenage Groot. We got Thor. Mm-hmm. We got Loki. We got Rocket Raccoon. We got uh, Drax. We got um, pretty much the whole Guardians of the Galaxy. And you know what I noticed? If... Thanos got all of the Infinity Stones. How can how can Vision live? I mean, he's got that stone on him. Yeah, and I was thinking about that too. So, piggybacking on that, the theory I've been seeing is that how all the characters are laid out is on purpose. You see how there's a there's a kind of a rainbow tint across the whole map like each gem is shining onto the characters. Mm-hmm. The theory is that that's showing you how they're going to be teamed up and which stone each people that each member of the team is going to be responsible for retrieving. Interesting. That's really cool. I didn't know. And that. Vi- and Vision just happens to be in the same one that his gem is the same color as his gem. Mm-hmm. So I think that and look and uh, Doctor Strange is in the green one, which is that's his time stone. Yeah. Hey. So I I noticed something. Mm-hmm. Widow Black Widow doesn't have red hair anymore. Well, if you remember at the end of uh, Civil yes. War, Tony like that that last scene where her and Tony are talking in the hospital. Tony pretty much warns her, saying like, "I did what I had to do, but by the way." I told the government that you betrayed us and now they're coming for you. Mm. So she's been on the run since civil war. This is probably part of her disguise. I see. And I, I can see and that captain America is doing the same too. I mean, he's, he's got, you know, facial hair and everything now. He has facial hair. And if you look closely at winter soldier, there's no Russian star in his arm anymore. So the theories I've been seeing is that that might mean that, uh, Black Panther made him a new arm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and one thing that I thought was kind of clever with with Groot, and I can't believe I didn't notice this before. Okay, so Groot, when his full size, he was powerful, and you cause he, and you saw that in the first Guardian movie when he's just whacking like whole squads of people around without any any effort. Mm-hmm. But he was slow. Oh, that's true because he's old. Yeah. Yeah, he's old. He's, he's essentially he's a tree. So I'm assuming that his his species, the bigger they get, or the older they get, the more tree-like they become. Mm-hmm. 
and the more slow they become. Baby Groot was quick, and you can see in his little moves, he was running around, he was more agile, but he was weak. Mm. So now, Groot is a teenager, so he's stronger, but he's still kind of agile. So I think this is, if you think about it in video game terms, this is your attacker. Groot was your, uh, 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 big Groot was your tank, little Groot was your offensive character, your little squishy, mm-hmm. and this is your balanced character. That's really cool. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed too is that Spider-Man looks like he finally accepted the, his suit that Iron Man made him. The fancy well, he one. didn't have a choice. I think the the world was being, you know, in danger. Yeah. And the other major notable thing is that Tony has another suit again. Yeah, and it's not the circle emblem that he has on his chest anymore. It's more of like a... Oh, well, he switched to the triangle one, though, right? Yeah, he switched to the triangle one like on the second one. But he's been switching He's been switching the the shape almost every movie. So I, I've, I've rarely been paying attention to that. Um, but the suit itself, I think it's more one of the more recent versions of the suit, like in the comic books. Um, the name I saw floating around is the Bleeding Edge, Bleeding Edge Iron Man suit. That's, that sounds pretty cool. That I'll ha- that, yeah, that will have to go to Josiah's to explain that one to us. Yeah. And uh, Rhodey's back. Yep, Rhodey's back. Captain and Rhodes. And I uh, guess he standing, has a, standing up. a better suit or something to make him walk again. Yeah, so either the suit's letting him walk again or maybe Doctor Strange did some surgery on him. Could, could happen. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's just a quick little preview of the, of the poster, but so much information in there. Yeah. But only time will tell of how accurate we are. <laughs> Should we wrap it up? Yeah, so this episode has been really, really crazy, heavily, with jam packed with geek, geek, geek stuff. True. And Anton, if people want to support your nerd boner, how can they do that? Uh, they can help me by uh, feeding me more beer. Uh, they can go on to our website at www.the2oc.com and click on the Buy uh, Us a Beer button. And if you like to buy some 2OC swag, we got some stickers, we got some shirts, and pretty soon uh, hats, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe sweaters. And also, you're, go ahead. You're the apparel department, so it's all up to yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you would like to buy something that we talked about on the show, like maybe the Iron Giant uh, Blu-ray. You can click on some of our links on the show notes that can take you to Amazon. And if there's anything else that you want to buy on Amazon, just click on any of our links. And then any purchase that you make on Amazon would contribute some of the money to us to help us continue the show. That's right. And if you want to reach us, you know, contact us. Let us know what's going on with you. Uh, maybe what you're into, what you saw at Comic-Con that maybe we missed. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the 2OC for each one. If you want to drop us a line, explain to us what you think is the most important thing about Comic-Con. You can also write to us at mail at the 2OC.com. All right, Anton, did we miss anything? Nope, I think that's it. All right, everybody. For the 2OC, I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. Have a good night. Later. Later.